0: find love at first drive and start shopping now at carmax.com carmax the way car buying should be hello it's once again the Saturday DFS special podcast that means I am Matt Harmon from Yahoo and I'm joined by TJ Hernandez from four for four Tj <laughs> I don't even really know where um to start this week yeah you know, normally normally I ask you like a um I you know I normally ask you for like a a, a grand view take. <laughs> yeah. About the slate. I feel like there's really nothing uh, gra- more grand view to say than this slate is going to get weird.
1: Yeah, the grand view is don't start making lineups until um about 20 minutes before kickoff on Sunday.
0: Yeah, seriously. Take all, like whenever you listen to this, remember to bring your grains of salt for one. Uh and <laughs> yeah. then you save all this information, write it in your little notebook and then try to get to it. You know, yeah, like you said, yeah. Sunday morning. Get to I, Sunday I will, morning.
1: I will say, in all seriousness, even besides all of the, um, the COVID concerns and injuries that we have going into the week, it was already setting up for for one of the lightest running back weeks we've seen mm-hmm. all season. And on Yahoo, where it is half PPR scoring, we typically see teams, uh, lean towards a three running back build. Th- this might be the first week all season, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but just intuitively, where we have an overwhelmingly high number of, of lineups that use a wide receiver in the flex so that that does set up a unique situation like the flex is one of the easiest ways to be unique if you understand how the week is going to play out so I, I do think we'll see very few three running back lineups so if you are playing large field tournaments like the baller it might be of interest to try to find a way to play three running backs where that's probably not going to be very popular
0: i mean yeah we'll, we'll talk some more in-depth running back picks in a second. But you just look at the top of the running back, like, main slate. Joe Mixon is uh, the highest-ranked guy at 31 bucks. I mean, that's absurd. You know, we've seen some guys push 40 several times yeah. obviously yeah. jonathan taylor's on the saturday slate nick chubb yep. maybe maybe nick chubb is on the saturday slate yeah, uh if you that know game goes. if that game goes if he goes it's a whole it's a whole thing man you do who knows yeah. what's gonna happen but anyways the other guys behind joe mixon james connor 29 bucks he's questionable uh aaron jones is in a timeshare he's 27 then you start to get the cordero patterson eli mitchell um daryl henderson who's still in COVID as of right now 26 bucks like it is a very very strange running back landscape and you know again we'll get to it later there's no real like slam dunk as of right now no like slam dunk value guys either but again we'll get to that uh when we talk running backs let's jump right into the quarterback position though tj and we will get it started with uh your favorite my favorite everybody's favorite quarterback one josh allen
1: Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, the, we we all know Josh Allen's upside. He became um, just the fourth passer ever last week to go over 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards in a single game. Uh, so we know that that the uh, the upside is there in this offense. I think the big thing to note this week, besides the fact that he's dealing with the foot injury, but I, I don't see any way he doesn't play with them. Uh, almost in a, in a need to win out scenario for the playoffs. That just his salary relative to the field is very affordable compared to what we've seen. Josh Allen has been one of those guys that you've talked about that we've seen well over $40 this week. Uh, we have three quarterbacks on the slate with a higher salary than Josh Allen's $34. So he's still relatively uh, high high salary, but it's very rare that we see three quarterbacks with a higher salary. He's $6 less than Kyler Murray, who is the top quarterback on the slate. So relative to Yahoo salary cap, that is a pretty significant difference. Over the last six weeks, uh, the Bills have... Uh, overtaken the Buccaneers as the most pass-heavy team in the league. They are the only team throwing at least 70% of the time in neutral game script in that time span. And in that same stretch, Carolina has allowed the 10th most fantasy points per pass attempt. So even if Josh Allen can't run as much as we're used to, the Panthers have allowed very high passing efficiency lately.
0: Yeah, and like you look at that Panthers defense, we've talked about how they go so deep at cornerback at different times yeah. of the season, but you know, injuries have started to started to kind of take their toll there, uh and there's just all kinds of situations going on, you know, Stefan dude, the Panthers, I mean, don't even get me started on the
1: Panthers. Yeah, I mean, and and I typically I think it is a a sneaky way like we don't need more reasons to find upside with Buffalo, but I I do like playing offenses against opposing offenses that are struggling just because that means that many more possessions um better field position like the panthers without oh, CMC yeah. they're, they're they're in this you know they're in this quarterback rotation now they're saying that they're going to be rotating cam and pj walker in so i mean it, it's the the spread is 10 and a half um the real result could be you know it, they Bills might win by 30 legitimately they might win yeah. by 30. Yeah. And
0: uh you I think that's a great point like offenses that are truly struggling, you know, you do get those advantageous field positions. I love that. Uh I mean, they can do the whole rotation thing with Cam Newton if he turns the ball over all they want, but like PJ Walker might know the 4 minute 2 minute offense, but he stinks. So like what are we right. really doing here? Yeah, that's a tough yeah. scene there for the Carolina Panthers. I don't want this podcast to go an hour and a half. I could probably talk about how bad the (laughs) Panthers are for an hour and a half. So uh, let's move on to a good quarterback. Matthew Stafford, $32 coming off a really good game against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, obviously a lot of COVID situations with the LA Rams. Odell Beckham. Like, is there a chance he could get, is he could, he could, he get active for this game. It's probably getting pretty dicey at this point. Um, Either way, I really like the way Stafford uh, played last time we saw him um, overall, too. This just should be a pretty exciting game for fantasy. You know, Beckham or not, like Van Jefferson's another guy I think is a good is a good player. You know, him and Odell are the only two receivers since week 12 that have caught three touchdowns. So like this, these guys, they have enough depth here to overcome that loss.
1: Yeah, and this game actually doesn't have the highest over under, and there are quite a few teams with a higher implied point total than the Rams. But uh, especially if Odell is out with Stafford, uh, with with us getting very concentrated targets between Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, if Odell is out, and just this way people are expecting this game flow to go, uh, this is just a very stackable game with Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had a, a good game against Seahawks earlier in the season, and we should note, I mean, the the Odell thing just before we started recording this on Thursday, we did get note that like nfl is snap changing some of their protocols to to where basically if you're if you're asymptomatic with a negative one negative test i I believe if i understand it correctly they're gonna be able to play so we we might get vaccinated right right so so we might get some surprises on the other side where players through these first 14 weeks that haven't been able to play with the same status they they might be able to to be active translation
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to yeah. the wilderness I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> good good luck out there um, and I, you know you said it was a tough uh running back week at the top I picked Matt Saffron I'm like not that jazzed about it but dude like two Eagles quarterbacks are in the 30 plus dollar range like what are what's going on I mean it's a tough week at the top f- for quarterbacks too I mean Jalen hurts and or Gardner Mitchell would be kind of appealing, but like who knows what's going to happen there. And like, yeah, we'll we'll get to it as we go, but yeah, it's a tough week. It's just a tough week period, but even uh, on the main slate for Yahoo this week, it is additionally a tough week for running back, just like it is a quarterback, but um, a couple of guys sub 30 bucks here. Uh, Let's talk Tua first and then we'll go to Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. And, and and Tua is a guy that is near the top of four for four rankings because of, of what you said on the main slate. Um, no Bucks, no Chiefs, no Chargers. They're all off the main slate, so Tua against the Jets in a spot where Miami is projected for uh, a relatively high on this slate, 25.25 implied points. The Jets are last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They've allowed the, uh, the most fantasy points per pass attempt over the last six weeks. Again, going back to those defenses that are allowing very high efficiency, and, and the gap between them in the field is uh, very high, almost 10% more fantasy points per pass attempt than any other team and even though Tua's numbers um they, they haven't been fantastic and he is going to be without Jalen Waddell Miami has thrown at, at a relatively high rate all season six highest rate over the last six weeks I keep referencing that last six weeks just trying to keep the the mm-hmm. data relevant but even if we go back over the season Miami has been um they, they have thrown relatively high rate and with Devontae Parker back even though obviously losing Waddle isn't a good thing I think Parker and Gaseki make good enough of a one-two punch against this Jets secondary to be very formidable.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean Parker is not Jalen Waddle. He's not as like great of a fit with uh with Tua and with the uh this RPO heavy offense, but it keeps the wide receiver core somewhat legitimate, you know, with him and Burt Wilson. Uh like if they had yeah. gone from Jalen Waddle, Burt Wilson, and you know, God knows who. Uh, then it would have been a tough scene uh it, right. it, like without Jalen waddle there so I think piving Parker back is huge for that reason Jimmy G at 29 bucks I'm not like in love with playing yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo but like again not a lot of options here the Falcons obviously not a good defense uh and this is also an, a way to get some kind of exposure to the San Francisco 49ers pass catchers George Kittle is 33 bucks this week they took a huge stand bumping george kittle like all like isn't this a ten dollar increase from what we saw last week for george kittle i think
1: so i think so because he, he, uh, we were mentioning him as like not at the i think he was the titan one but like nowhere near where we would expect the titan one to be or something like correct
0: that. yeah i think our exact words like we've seen travis kelsey be at like 32 bucks like george right. kittle should be up there uh yahoo pricing heard that it was like actually we're gonna add one dollar more just for complaint for a complaint charge <laughs> yeah. uh so i get it <laughs> uh but this is a way to get exposure to uh to george kittle's monster upside to debo samuel potentially like i mean samuel's receiving workload has like completely dropped off. What does he have seven yeah. targets in his last three games played? But like, you know, obviously uh, the God Brandon Iuke is playing extremely well too. Uh game winner. Brandon Iuke actually is what we call him around this house now. Uh, But anyway, so it's just a good exposure to the offense without actually having to try to play like the guessing game of, of the pass catchers. And um, I do think this game could be interesting from a fantasy angle, but you know, don't love Jimmy G, but you know, he's got like a pretty good 18, 20 point, like kind of solid projection there.
1: Yeah, and attacking the Falcons is something that we have liked doing with uh, passing games. And, like, you know, Debo Samuel, we hope the jet sweep is uh, is in front of Jimmy G and he tosses it forward yeah. instead of handing it backwards, like that type of thing. You that get would be the, nice. You get, you get the cheap touchdown. But, I mean, we, we mentioned Jimmy G, I think it was in week 9 or 10 as, as a player that just has this fantastic schedule coming up. And he's been decent in that stretch. He has uh, multiple passing touchdowns in uh, five of his last six games and just barely missed 300 yards in uh, each of his last two games, 299 against Seattle and 296 um, against Cincinnati. So it's not like there is an upside there, especially against Atlanta. Like 303 is very much in the question for Jimmy this week.
0: Definitely. I mean, his two best games uh, over the last like month and a half have been... Cincinnati, like you mentioned, Arizona, those were like his 20 point games. The only game where he really shot north of that was the Bears game where he rushed in two touchdowns. You're not yeah. expecting that normally, but um again, sure. yeah, I think Jimmy G pretty solid play here. All right, let's move on to running backs. Oh, actually, before we do running backs, if there was one like and you don't have this is not accountable to yourself cuz it's not on the outline. <laughs> okay. Like if there's okay. one rando quarterback that we haven't talked about here that could like potentially win somebody a tournament that has some like upside that people might not expect just cuz it's a tough quarterback we Who do you think it would be?
1: Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers definitely isn't random, right? Yes, but he he is he's thirty two dollars, and I think people are just going to look at Stafford, Josh Allen, kind of in that same salary range, Mm -hmm. or save salary like all the way down to Tua. So Rodgers definitely isn't random, but I think he gets lost in the shuffle a lot this week. I think just the Packers' passing game is a tremendous tournament target because. Devonte is going to be slightly overshadowed by cooper cup like Devonte is going to be popular but then the big one for me mvs is going to be way overshadowed oh, by yeah. the other cheap receivers everybody's going to play gabe davis Devonte parker um even maybe even like swaim instead and and i mm-hmm. think mvs just gets way overlooked so if you're playing like rogers with mvs and Devonte, i think that's a, a fantastic tournament lineup
0: yeah, and like that game doesn't jump out from a total perspective. Uh it's actually gone down, of course, because mostly because mm-hmm. of the Lamar question. And that's another thing. We could talk we'll talk about I have Devontae Adams on the outline and wide receivers. So we can mm-hmm. talk about that later. But I do love your MVS point. He's a guy that people were probably playing, you know, a lot in the single game slate last week and doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring yeah. it back uh this week. All the same peripherals are still there. All right, let's move on to the running backs here, starting with James Robinson, uh, the Urban Meyerless James Robinson. Talk about another hour and a half long podcast we could have. Oh my god. Um, but anyways, are you assuming this is like a James Robinson Redemption Week?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was early in the week when four for four, uh, uh projections first came out. Robinson was already popping in the values. This was right before the Urban Meyer news, and and I was going to be very resistant to the idea, Urban Meyer uh gets fired. Uh maybe coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, Jacksonville is favored for the first time since week one. Also I don't think happened, that's not a coincidence. Also, also happened to be against this Houston team. And the I mean just the reason I was going to be a resistant to Robinson is because I just didn't think that he automatically, you know, gets a, a big touch share just because they are favorites. Again, this was before Urban Meyer was fired. But then when I start dissecting the slate seeing how thin the running back field is like he's kind of the best play on the slate besides maybe one other running back. Like there just isn't a guy like Joe Mixon has the mm-hmm. the touch share and, and, and Najee Harris has a touch share, um, but they're very expensive. So, with them favored against Houston, um, who is a bottom 10 defense in terms of schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, yeah, I, I do think it is uh, Robinson Redemption Week. I, I think that it's not a coincidence that Urban Meyer had one of his guys in Carlos Hyde stealing some of the touches from Robinson. Teams have been running at the fourth highest rate in neutral game script since week nine against Houston, so I I, I think they uh, they get back to J-Rob, their best player. He seems like a, a player that not just like fans, and this is kind of narrative street but like the team rallies around it Mm -hmm. seems like they want him to be on the field a lot a couple guys have remarked that that he is you know one of their best offensive players a couple guys Um, you mean the guy trevor yeah the guy yeah (laughs) yeah um so i i like robinson to bounce back especially 22 bucks um he's he's very affordable
0: Definitely, absolutely love that call. Um, let's go, James Robinson. I also like Sony Michelle at nineteen bucks. Like him more if Daryl Henderson for whatever reason doesn't get activated. Um, but even so, like I kind of assume that listen, you know, I kind of assume that we can look at this uh this team right now is just better with Sony Michelle. I think he mm-hmm. gives them that like punching rhythm runner that Daryl Henderson does not. Uh, you know, at nineteen bucks, I think on a very weird running back slate, he still gives you a lot of value even if it's not quite from a salary perspective or a workload perspective projection at least because Daryl Henderson has missed the last couple of games it's not quite as clean but I still think at 19 bucks Sony Michelle is kind of worth it
1: yeah even though we we are going to talk quite a bit about the Rams past game you already mentioned Matthew Stafford and and they are just going to throw it to to their guys and they should be fine against Seahawks Seahawks do still profile as a uh run funnel defense they rank 31st in schedule adjusted points um, allowed to the position and even though i think it can be dangerous to get caught up in in coach speak sometimes it's very rare when a player gets injured and then the the coaching staff um really talks up the running the the backup like we've seen with michelle yeah. like they've just really been um the adamant that michelle is a very good player and deserves playing time so even if if henderson is activated uh i think henderson is likely on the wrong side of the timeshare
0: you would assume. And uh, Michelle has only scored one touchdown the last two weeks, but he's second rushing yards. So there's some yardage to touchdown relationship there that should do a little flipping for Sony Michelle. Um, all right, let's move on to some uh, more value play running backs. Uh, and let's have the Rashad Penny conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, at, really after, after these two guys if you aren't paying up, it it really becomes a a crap shoot. Um, but on the other side of the the Rams, I mean, Rashad Penny down at $15. He he saw 17 touches last week. The concern is that he only played 57% of the snaps. Uh the real intrigue of Penny here is that there are so many popular players in this game. Like if if Henderson is out, Cup and Michelle can uh, and, and Robinson too, like they can be top one or two most popular players at their position this week. So Penny is just a huge leverage play off of all of them, especially if uh, the Seahawks can keep this close. We currently have Penny projected as a top three value uh, at four for four and teams have run at a top 10 rate against the Rams since week nine. So uh, Seattle, if Pete Carroll wants to uh, Pete Carroll it, he this is a team that teams have uh, done that against.
0: And look, I mean, I think that they've said he deserves a chance to to start. He deserves a chance to be the guy. Yeah. Alex Collins went on the COVID list uh, Thursday yes. morning. So it just all kind of lines up for Rashad Penny to break our hearts one more time. But uh, in the meantime, <laughs> at $15, bucks, it is a very attractive uh, play. I, I agree that, you know, at this point, he is an explosive runner, too. Like, I think... Obviously, Houston stinks, but he looked good last week. He was second in breakaway yards last week to Dal- only to Dalvin Cook, who was a monster on Thursday night. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. pretty good for Rashad Penny.
1: San Diego State, great, Rashad Penny, my alma mater. That, is, that for, is right. Always written for Penny.
0: There we go. All right, let's figure this out, Rashad Penny. Come on, give me a break. Okay, AJ Dillon at 16 bucks. Um, The biggest thing here for me is – the salary discrepancy between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I get it. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously, you know, in fantasy last week, played extremely well. Two touchdowns, that was great. Um, but the workload difference was not was was not that much. Not that much if between these two not guys. Not that
1: Aaron Jones saw five carries last yeah. week. If Aaron jo- if Aaron Jones doesn't score, like we're talking about A.J. Dillon is maybe the most popular player on the slate. Exactly.
0: Um, exactly. Dylan
1: doubled him up in touches. So I mean, if if you t- if those touchdowns flip, if that touchdown goes to Dylan instead, like we're talking about, Aaron Jones is unusable. I think.
0: Yeah, we're having a whole different conversation. Yeah. We're having a whole different conversation. Six snaps, five uh five attempts for uh Aaron Jones. The touchdown, like you mentioned, some big runs. Uh, were there, seven yards per attempt. You know, from a, a target perspective, yeah, Aaron Jones gets three targets, catches three of them, but uh, A.J. Dillon ran more routes in this game, and we know he has uh, an extremely good uh receiving workload so far this year. So, and they went to A.J. Dillon in clock killing mode, which I think they yeah. were using these guys optimally. I think actually from like a season long perspective, you can feel comfortable playing both of these guys. I know people will be mildly burned off A.J. Dillon last week, but um, because of the touch touchdowns it went to aaron jones in prime time but like if you have aj dylan i think you should probably consider playing aj dylan your season long league who, who the hell do you have better at this point uh and then aaron jones uh is also I, you know even though we're concerned about him from a 27 buck perspective here in daily fantasy <laughs> i think you can play aaron jones in your season long league who the hell do you have better than aaron jones in your season long league at this point um, yeah
1: at this point not not much
0: not much uh but anyways like And you would assume, too, Green Bay is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Baltimore. I know road favorites a little dicey, whatever. But still, they should be in clock-killing mode at some point in this game, too. A.J. Dillon, I think, gets in the box uh, this week. I think he scores a touchdown.
1: I mean, I I don't know what what your take on this but i mean even if if lamar plays he's on a hobbled ankle if he doesn't play i mean who knows how bad this baltimore defense can uh, offense can be i i know huntley had you know a, a decent uh, a a winning game uh, in relief of of lamar a few weeks ago but uh this is a line that hasn't done been protecting Lamar very well and uh it can get really ugly with Huntley back there so they can be in clock killing mode even earlier than expected if Lamar yeah. can't go
0: yeah this team it's about it's about time to call it quits Ravens I know you're not I know they're not the uh they're not the tanking type of team of course we sure. know that they're gonna push it till the end but like whew, it's a tough scene there for Baltimore yeah. All right, let's move on to wide receivers here, starting with DK Metcalf. TJ, I feel like people already were going to be on DK Metcalf this Mm -hmm. week, at least like uh, sharp people like yourself, uh, one of the very sharpest of the sharp. Uh, Sharp people were going to be on DK Metcalf anyways this week, despite the disappointing outlook. But then (sighs) Tyler Lockett goes on the COVID list. That's going to be a problem for me this weekend. I'll just say that. Uh, (laughs) Tyler Lockett on the COVID list this week. I think that only makes DK more appealing, of course.
1: Yeah, as, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I have an article that releases every week on Yahoo that goes over our favorite baller plays and specifically contrarian plays. And I was ready to have DK as one of those contrarian plays, hoping that people would be on the locket after his big game. But with locket out, uh, Metcalf will. He turns into the one of the best values, if not the best wide receiver value on the slate at twenty one dollars. Um, but will definitely be among the most popular players. Like maybe only Cooper Cup is more popular this week. Cooper Cup and Devonte maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lockett uh, leaves behind twenty two percent of targets, forty three percent of air yards since Russell Wilson's return. Like we don't automatically project that straight to Metcalf, but Metcalf should is not should be is the clear primary pass catcher without Lockett there. Metcalf was actually out targeting Lockett since Russ's return from injury and had a higher touchdown expectation based on 4 for 4 air yards model. Obviously, Lockett gets there the last couple weeks, especially last week, uh, but Metcalf obviously can fill that deep ball role, and we know he can be a high-volume guy as well. The Rams are 21st in schedule adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, Metcalf should have a monster day with Lockett out. And Russ is looking very much like the Russ that we have grown to love.
0: Yeah, Russ looks better. Um, as of right now, Jalen Ramsey hasn't even been taken off the COVID list for mm-hmm. the LA Rams either. Although, like, he's probably not going to see much of DK Metcalf because they've almost exclusively used him as that inside guy. I mean, look at it this way, and this is purely making myself feel better about the Lockett thing, because he's in all of my playoff rosters right now. Um, you know, at least this way, TJ, if he doesn't play this week. Then uh, I don't have to like have Tyler Lockett put up one of these like four for 36 type games that happen sometimes <laughs> yeah. and like watch all the consistency dorks on Twitter, uh, you know, really run their victory laps off of it while I lose my playoff game. I can just lose my playoff game and he's not even available. So like that yeah. it works out better for me, right?
1: yeah yeah definitely it just makes it easy you don't have to uh beat yourself up for the decision i will say for i mean we've already mentioned this game a couple of times and i typically don't try to outguess the the vegas lines they're usually sharper than us but i was really surprised at this game it, this game has such a low total it's down at 45 now i mean yeah. the, the rams still have down. a, a deep I mean- yeah it's gone down i mean obviously you know we, we do have some uh some COVID concerns but like both of the quarterbacks are, are, are still there. I know two primary receivers are out, but receivers don't typically move lines as much as some other positions. So this game, I, I just think if you take the Vegas numbers off of it, people would say it has obvious shootout potential based on the over-under. I guess you could call it sneaky shootout potential. Let's
0: go with sneaky shootout. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that. All right, uh, Devontae Adams at 32 bucks. We've talked about him a decent bit. Look, the thing for me with Devontae Adams is like he's the third Highest salary among receivers. Yeah, coming off yeah. obviously uh, coming off the game from Sunday night. Uh Cooper Cup deserves to be up there. I'm not there's there's no way. Uh although oh we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it uh, for Debo Samuel later on in the in the podcast. Devontae Adams, 32 bucks. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I love that. Love this matchup with the Ravens secondary that's extremely banged up and ranks 31st in explosive pass rate allowed so far this year. I could easily see Devontae Adams going 10, 140, and two touchdowns in this game.
1: Yeah, the the disparity between I I know Cup is easily the the highest floor and arguably highest ceiling player yeah. on the slate, the, but the disparity between Cup and and Devonte Adams is I mean what a target per game at the most, and I mean th- they're both such a huge part of their offenses. Not to mention Aaron Rodgers has been the QB one in points per game over the last month, like somehow kind of quietly. Like I know he's. You know, he's he's always in the public eye, but he just yeah. isn't being talked about as like that elite fantasy passer, like some like the Josh Allen's and, and Justin Herberts right now, uh, and, and Kyler Murray's. So I, he's kind of flying under the radar. And like Devontae is right there with Cooper Cup. They're just there when they're on the same slate. I don't ever think there should be a massive disparity, at least in, unless there's huge gaps in their salary, there shouldn't be huge gaps in their rostered rates. And we're going to have most likely cup is going to be quite a bit more popular than than Devontae Adams, maybe by five by to 10% at $6 cheaper, Adam, $6 cheaper. So, uh, yeah, it's very analogous to what I talked about with Josh Allen relative to the top guys. He should never have this much of a gap.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that I think that like I can't make a lineup this week without Devonte Adams and like it. Basically, that's how I feel about it. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Van Jefferson, sixteen bucks. I mentioned him earlier. He is one of your picks here
1: uh, again, uh, assuming uh, Odell is not cleared for this game this week with on on the COVID protocol. Van Jefferson down at sixteen. Even uh, since their bye week after Odell got acclimated to the team, even with Odell active, Jefferson has. target share, 27% of the air yard share in that three-game stretch. And the thing I like about Jefferson as the assumed number two with Odell out— briefly mentioned it when you were talking about Stafford Stafford threw for 365 yards in this first matchup with Seattle. That's the most Seattle has allowed all year. Very similar makeup without Odell in that first matchup. So uh, they they can run some very similar things. And Van Jefferson is a player that could get all of his value in one target. We've seen him do it multiple times this year. He is a top two value at wide receiver run four for four.
0: Yeah, I love Van Jefferson this week. Um, I mean, I would like Odell too. He's only uh he's 17 bucks, obviously. Yep. Pre-MNF adjustment here with the pricing. If be- yeah. if Beckham was for whatever activated, he would be a good play at that value. But I mean, it just makes Javan Jefferson that much better. Um, mm-hmm. he's been running more slot routes too. Like he was kind of exclusively the ex-receiver of this offense when Robert Woods and mm-hmm. Cooper Cup were the other two guys. Now with Beckham, who is purely a perimeter receiver, um, they are having Van Jefferson take more than 50% of his snaps from the inside, which is a very intriguing fit. Uh, that's actually kind of more akin to his pre-draft profile, Like, which I didn't know that yeah. that was... I, I didn't assume that was the best fit for him, but I think it's good. Long
1: well, and it's, it's very Deshaun-esque, right? Run those deep yes. uh, routes right up the seam and like kind of what they were hoping they would get when they signed Deshaun before the preseason. So, you know, let, let that very fast wide receiver split those safeties instead of get on the outside. And, and I think Matt Stafford likes that throw. So uh, I, I do like that point a lot.
0: I, I don't think that people are giving Van Jefferson enough credit for the season that he's having. Like, I think he's going to be, he's a guy drafted a ton this mm-hmm. this year I'm probably like I would try to load up on him in dynasty like before he really erupts like especially if Beckham's not back there next year I think he could go pretty ham. So really like the player that is Van Jefferson. A guy I'm I'm less bullish about as a player but uh, I think like it's time to get Gabe Davis fired up here. Season high 83% of the snaps last week. Uh Manuel Sanders has basically done nothing for a long time and now he's hurt. Um like I I think it made sense TJ4 I feel like we've had the Gabe Davis conversation on here. or Like we alluded to it last week, right? That he might be um, starting to get interesting here, especially at a depressed salary. And, you know, he's scored a couple of touchdowns. It feels like even when he's been on the field the last few weeks, they've been trying to get him the ball. I, I think it, the bills were smart to hedge their bets on Gabe Davis to start the year, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, they've been having old man Manny Sanders as like the vertical receiver of this offense. Yeah. And like, it's kind of to the, like enough of that point. Of the season here with Manny Sanders, like Gabe Davis can't do everything. He's not a perfect player, but he can burn baby. So like, let's get, and the, the bills need that. The bills need like a big play, uh threat in this offense right now. I really love Gabe Davis at, at 12 bucks.
1: Yeah, you, uh, you talked about someone that you drafted a ton in Van Jefferson. Davis is a player that, that I drafted and I played a lot of deep leagues off reluctantly or, or maybe, uh, stubbornly held on to Davis all year. So, so I'm (laughs) just in time for for the consolation bracket. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I'm just, I'm (laughs) ready for, I'm ready for him to pop. I mean, Manny Sanders, his injury uh, happened early in the game last week. And with that, we saw, uh, Gabe Davis played 83% of snaps. So it was his highest snap share all year. And this goes back to late last season when he got an increased snap share. He was really able to pop in, again, not on a lot of volume, um, but on those big splash plays as you alluded to. Uh, but even with Manny Sanders active, over the last six weeks, Gabe Davis is second in yards per route run among all players uh, with at least 50 routes in. Over that six week span, also tied for the ninth most red zone targets in that span among wide receivers. So there's, there's a, a ton to love about Gabe Davis. You know, I, I was hoping he wouldn't be super popular going into this week as we kind of hit the content portion of the week. I'm seeing his name pop up a lot. So if you are building around him, expect him to be quite a popular play with Josh Allen this week
0: two things dj like, you like that all those points i think back up kind of what i was saying is that it feels like and the numbers back it up that they're trying to get him the ball even when he is on the field because i think he brings i keep saying that they needed like a play they need a player like gabe davis if gabe davis was good and i don't mean i sounds. i'm being disrespectful there gabe davis i realize that but like you know what i mean like they need a big body. They need
1: van jefferson they need <laughs> they need van jefferson <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> that makes perfect sense same draft class, I believe, but not Gabe Davis went much, much later. So like, that's fine. Uh, I'm trying not to be too disrespectful here to Gabe Davis, but number two, um, I will be disrespectful. You, you know, you could have asked me about the Gabe Davis pick before. Like, you know, you have my number. You could have asked me about that in the, in the offseason.
1: I just, I just wanted, I just wanted as many bills as possible. And Josh Allen was going early. So I, I was, I was, I was uh, sprinkling all three throughout, throughout rosters. It was a it. long time ago. What are we talking about? Redraft for?
0: Uh, it's a good it's a good <laughs> question That's it's a good question uh good god I mean Gabe Davis will probably by the end of the by the end of the week he'll be a top 10 ranked receiver <laughs> the way things are going oh yeah for sure <laughs> all right let's talk tight ends and we're gonna stay in Buffalo here with Dawson Knox
1: yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned that Gabe Davis is a player that will probably be very popular by the time uh Locke comes around on Sunday. So if you're looking for a pivot off of Gabe Davis, uh, very few people are going to want to pay all the way up for 20 to $21 when you can get Stefan Diggs for six or so. I don't remember his salary. I think it's $29, 7 or $8 more, um, or go all the way down to Davis at $12. So he is just really a, a great pivot off of those guys. Even though I, I said i you know, love Josh Allen, despite the possible injury, he might be a little limited as a rusher. So that could see a, an uptick just an over. I don't even know if Buffalo can pass more, but you know, Josh Allen's runs turning into some more uh, short passes, which can uh, benefit Dawson Knox. Six-plus targets in three of his last four games and tied for the fourth-most red zone targets among tight ends since returning from his injury. So like Gabe Davis, uh, they're using him heavily around the goal line. And obviously we love the Bills this week, so stack the Bills
0: love it yeah i mean i definitely totally cool with stack of the bills this week and good luck maybe trying to run it back with one of these panthers guys um yeah, sticking with so. some tight ends here uh mark andrews looks like he's officially going to take over the tight end mm-hmm. one spot from travis kelsey for the first time in forever yeah mark andrews even without lamar jackson last week 11 targets 11 catches 115 yards and a touchdown uh so i don't really care who plays quarterback like he, there's a t- and again there's a ten dollar discrepancy now between Mark Andrews and George Kittle. And I get George yeah. Kittle deserves it, but Mark Andrews might deserve it too.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh so you're you're on board with Andrews if, if Huntley's in there?
0: I think so. I think yeah. I'm still on board. I mean it, yeah. it, it, that might also just depress his roster rate too. And I, I look Definitely at the tight will. end I look at the tight end landscape and there's really not that much I'm that jazzed about.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I don't have a strong read on, on how the offense will, will shake out if Huntley's in there. If I do recall, uh, in, in his limited time, we did see a, a, a slight boost to, uh, targets to Rashad Bateman. But then, again, that's a very small sample size. Uh, four for four does the uh, We have a, a model called the breakout receiver, receiver model that basically just looks at expected fantasy points, all the metrics combined into one. The only player with more expected fantasy points, uh, than Andrews over the last three weeks is Justin Jefferson.
0: Love it. That is pretty good, right? Um, all right. Zach Ertz, your second pick here at 18 bucks.
1: And we haven't had a chance to talk about this game, but really the the offense that is most likely expected to run away with the huge game, at least from uh, an implied point total point of view is the Cardinals projected for 30.25 implied points favored by 13. I mean, the issue is we just don't Deandre Hopkins is out. Uh, We don't know if James Conner is going to be healthy. Kyler Murray can be popular on his own, but who do you pair him with? I mean, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, sure, but, uh, is any of them going to, to dominate targets? Zach Ertz at $18, very affordable. He's a top two value on four for four. He's seen five plus targets in four of his last five games, including seven targets last week. And we do see tight end success typically correlates with a positive team game flow. Obviously, Arizona should have that as 13 point favorites. So if I'm, if I'm looking to, and as you mentioned, very weak tight end, uh, very weak tight end uh, slate, if you're going to correlate Kyler Murray with somebody, why not make it easy, make it your tight end and take the guesswork out of that position? Don't don't hate that. Don't hate to
0: take the guesswork part out of it. Yeah, Kyler Murray is very appealing if you can get to him at 40 bucks, mm-hmm. And I think there are several lineup builds. Like if you have Rashad Penny, Gabe Davis, and uh, Devonte Parker. Like you could potentially yeah. get up to. Yeah, uh, you can Cole get to Kyler. Him. Yeah, you can get to Kyler Murray, Uh and still even have a guy like Devonte Adams or Mark Andrews. And I may or may not just be looking at one of the lineups I built right now. As I said <laughs> this, so like I mean, it's proof. I'll tell you, it can happen. Yeah. All right, Uh Kyle Pitts at fourteen bucks. I don't know what, whatever.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I know it's been bad, but you kind of have to be when, when you. When you're following volume, sometimes it takes a really long time for that volume to hit yep. right. And he's still getting targets, and it's uh, people are people love writing players off. And yeah, he's he's the primary target. He's still near the top of the league in target share for tight end. Um obviously Matt Ryan hasn't done much to support Kyle Pitts, but um volume begets fantasy points, and eventually I think it happens.
0: Indeed, it does at fourteen bucks. He's fourth among tight ends and targets. It's gonna happen at some point. It's gonna have. He's only scored one effing touchdown all year. Like he's. It
1: did happen. There was a two week stretch where it did happen, and we thought it was happening, and then it just all fell apart.
0: I mean, it, the worst part about it too <laughs> is like we go from, oh wow, he didn't, he didn't have Calvin Ridley, uh, yeah. you know, against against the Jets in that London game, and then he scored, he like has his first blow up game. We get back to America, and he has Calvin Ridley he has another blow up game. It's like oh man, and then Calvin Ridley goes away. And then nothing happens. Yeah, like-
1: he, he is a, um, a great example of why whatever side you're on, I mean, because it's been a roller coaster, but the, those mid-season victory laps or those four-week victory laps, those one-week victory laps, um, wait, wait till the end of the season. Oh, one uh, of that one, one of the, or else one, you're going to be deleting some tweets. Yeah, just don't. hate. no, don't
0: tweet. There's there's the lesson as it <laughs> always is. Um, one of one jackass on this podcast. Uh, one of one of the two jackasses on this podcast, mm-hmm. me and Sully, who's producing it. Uh, one of us said that like you should probably just go ahead and trade Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts plus because you probably could have done it in the middle of his like stretch. By the way, I was the jackass. So
1: anyway. no, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, hey, listen, he was he was a polarizing player, obviously, given his uh, his his pedigree plus ADP going in the season, and everyone wanted it to happen a lot. Um, I, I hopefully it still does. There's still a little bit of season left.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's third among tight ends in in yards. So yeah. he just hasn't scored touchdowns, to be honest. I mean, yeah. that really is the thing. So and at some point he's probably will go, you know, because math, he'll he'll go on like a three game touchdown streak here to end the season. One of them being this week at $14. So play him in your uh, little daily fan. I st- also still want to continue to bet against the 49ers pass defense. I don't don't think they're yeah. very well manned back point. there. Although Nick Bosa will probably eat Matt Ryan for lunch, but whatever. Um, All right. Defense. Let's talk Eagles at 15 bucks.
1: Uh, I mean, this one, there, there isn't much analytics to the pick. Uh, Washington is down over a third of their normal roster right now because of COVID, or I don't know if they're going to be down come Sunday, but over a third of their roster is on the COVID list. They're up to 21 guys or something like that. So, I mean, I don't, again, who knows? We're recording this on Thursday. Who knows what what happens with games like, like the Browns and and this Washington game if, if the NFL just lets these games go off. Um, but as it stands, Eagles should, handle this one very easily like washington is they could legit have like 20 practice squad guys on their active roster this week so they're already bottom 10 and adjusted sack rate allowed it, it could just be it could just be really ugly for washington so i mean wh- whatever you you think about the the situation at hand from from a fantasy perspective um you know i guess i guess we have to take advantage of it if you're looking
0: for a defense that isn't like a COVID boost or whatever, uh, the Steelers at 13 bucks, um, I actually think seem pretty mis mis uh mis- evaluated here to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really low salary for the Steelers who still have T.J. Watt. Uh TJ Watt is like legitimately won uh games for the Steelers, like basically by himself this year. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's offensive line is is probably played above its head for the most part this year, but um I still think Ryan Tannehill has had a couple games where he's made a ton of mistakes, stacked mistakes. This looks like a good game to bet on that. It's in Pittsburgh, too. Um I just think the Steelers are are way too cheap.
1: Yeah, I mean, this doesn't even have anything to do with fantasy, but uh or or this pick directly. But like when when you're so caught up in in DFS and, and fantasy. I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes like you just don't realize a team's record because of how you perceive them in fantasy. And to me, Pittsburgh is like a three win team, but they're actually five hundred somehow.
0: Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I I don't particularly like the Steelers. Um. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not like obviously. I would love somebody. You know. Look, we we all know what the deal with the Steelers are, right? Like everybody wants Ben Rossberg around They're boring to watch. Blah <laughs> yeah. blah blah. But I've said this all year, like. The Steelers are a good team. People hate it, but they're yeah. they're they're a good team because like they'll drag you down into the muck and like kick right. your ass down there. Like that's exactly they're they're that type of team, and that wins games. They're probably gonna go to the playoffs. So like people should just get yeah. used to it.
1: No, I'm I'm not even like anti Steelers or anything, but just from like it just they just feel like a team that shouldn't be good, and they and it, a lot of it has to do like their defense just keeps it around. They keep the game slow. So yeah, Steelers at at thirteen, I'm I'm into it.
0: And Ryan Tannehill is sixth in terms of sack rate among quarterbacks behind mm-hmm. such luminaries as Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson, <laughs> and uh, Russell Wilson. Some of these guys haven't even played a full season. So, I mean, yeah, there's a That's, lot of sacks to be had.
1: I think we should start calling more quarterbacks luminaries. I like that.
0: Big, big fan of the luminaries. Big fan. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk flex plays. And we got another uh, post-urban bump here <laughs> for yeah, your flex I pick. Mean,
1: and this one is, um, is very off the board, but I think it has a ton of, uh, tournament winning upside. Marvin Jones at $14. I already mentioned James Robinson is going to be, uh, the mega chalk, probably the most popular running back on the slate. The, the narrative here is that Urban Meyer out, James Robinson up, free James Robinson. And that's fine. Uh, but one thing that is very important here is that we're gonna have, Darryl Bevel in full control it now I know Daryl Bevel has been the offensive coordinator all season. How much control he's had of how the offense is actually uh played, uh we are not sure because obviously Urban Meyer is uh very much likely to be in control of things like that. I but, mean, I don't know. I don't what? maybe not. Urban Meyer <laughs> seems like he's not been he's doing not much, a, he's doing much anything. He's also not a micromanager, so who so what not a micromanager uh, doesn't not, know who's yeah. playing
0: on defense, so wouldn't really
1: the, the point is, Daryl Bevel, one thing that I do like about him as a play caller is he's historically uh, been one of the coaches that calls deep balls at one of the highest rates in the league we haven't seen Jacksonville use a lot of those plays and definitely not connect on a lot of those plays but uh we saw bevel as a player that unlocked stafford a few years ago in detroit before stafford had uh the injury that that eight game season where he was just tearing it up uh in terms of efficiency a lot of that had to do with the deep ball uh marvin jones obviously their best deep ball option and they're suddenly like this this clamoring for laquan treadwell as a good dfs option which is just
0: good god uh, just
1: just ridiculous to me but really the the biggest point of marvin jones even though i say all that about daryl bevel like i don't think he just comes in and changes things overnight but it's just such a huge leverage opportunity in a spot where i do think that the Jaguars obviously they are favorites uh first time since week one like i mentioned jaguars can have a very good offensive game against this houston texans team in addition to all of the the um things that they've allowed to running backs also second highest completion percentage on those deep balls the most yards per attempt on deep balls passes of 20 or more yards so there is a chance that we see Trevor Lawrence rip uh, let it rip a little bit and i think Marvin Jones would be the big beneficiary in that scenario
0: did you see uh Daryl Bevels uh press conference when the reporters asked like said to him <laughs> you know you could you could have like more wins than urban by the time the season's over cuz like they play the <laughs> jets and the texans to end the season and and he just Daryl yep. Bevel just smiled and it was like, that <laughs> says it, that just says yeah. it all. That says it all. Anyways, uh, Devonte Parker at 17 bucks, I think is interesting. We've kind of alluded to it this whole podcast, but like, um, getting that bump up here, uh, it again, not quite the same ideal, gorgeous fit as Jalen Waddle is, but a uh, potential volume boost. I kind of like Devontae Parker at 17 bucks before the Jalen Waddle news yeah, anyways. I was third in routes run among that team uh, before the last time we saw them uh, behind Jalen Waddle and fake tight end Mike Gusecki, uh, but has the, the highest dot on the team uh, among those three as well. So I think we could get a couple big plays here against the Jets.
1: Yeah, he saw five targets coming off injury um, in week 13, only played 71% of the snaps. That should be closer to 100% this week with Waddle out. And a lot of people probably don't remember. I mean, it it was somewhat injury related, but we did see Parker get a really big bump in targets last year once Tua took over uh, for Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, I I think that, um, I I think Parker can be, you know, a a 25% target share guy this week.
0: Yeah, why not? I mean, he's a good player. I don't I'm not the biggest Parker fan, but he's, a, he's fine. He's whatever.
1: Yeah. All right, let's we've talk. We've got a lot of volume.
0: Yes, we have. Let's talk fades here. Uh, and I think we both got some obvious ones. You've got Zeke. Yeah. Tell us why, because he can't run. Yeah, and I,
1: and it, it seems obvious if we've been watching the Cowboys the last few weeks. But we mentioned how bad of a running back slate this is. Dallas is a huge favorite. I think Zeke can just like accidentally become a popular player because there's so few options like i i could yeah. i could foresee zeke getting in like 15 to 20 percent of baller lineups but <sighs> the, the thing that i said <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if it was on i don't know if it was on this pod or a different one show last week but going into the week with tony pollard likely out last week the thing I was concerned about is that I, I thought that there was a way that Dallas was going to find a, a, a option to spell Zeke. Like, I just didn't see a scenario where he was on the field for 100% of snaps. I thought maybe it was through more empty sets and a higher passing rate. We just saw it be with the next running back up. And yeah. I don't see any reason that that doesn't continue to happen. I, there's just no way that Zeke is going to play anywhere close to like 80-90% of snaps.
0: Yeah, it's just really not in the cards. I agree with you on that one. Um, also not in the cards, me playing Debo Samuel at 32 bucks. Not going to happen. I mean, you you Sorry, sorry, 34. He's because Devontae Adams is 32 among wide receivers. Uh, and then, yeah, so he's the third, he's the third priced guy. Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel's 34. No, I mean, dude, he's a distant distant third behind uh, George Kittle and Brandon in weighted opportunity per game uh, since week 11. I mean, these guys.
1: The, this, sounds cr- this sounds crazy because of what we've seen from Debo this year and for how much of a target hog he was early. But at this point, the way they're using him, like I, the, the question I, I would post to somebody that would want to play him right now is, would you play Cordero Patterson at $34? Because they're basically being used like in the same way. Weird. I mean,
0: it's weird though because he still takes most of his
1: like a vast
0: majority of his snaps, thirty plus snaps out wide at wide receiver, and sure. like nine, ten in the backfield. But like, he's just not. They're not throwing him the ball. And, right. and I, and, and I mean, conceivably, it could, it could like flip at any moment. And like, because we've seen that at times, like you know, Ayuk will get five targets yeah. and Debo will get eight, and or or Kittle will get three, which would be a travesty. But I mean, that's possible. But like. The reality with Debo right now is if he doesn't get you a rushing touchdown, you're banged.
1: Yeah, and I mean we saw that game a few weeks ago where Kittle had like that those three targets whatever, but Kittle is just such a force right now that I think he is the I think he is their focus in terms of taking advantage of matchups. Like a tight end like Kittle's just such an insane mismatch for any defense that You know, even the worst of coaches are going to take advantage of that. And then we see it like, you know, the Wallers, Kittles, Andrews, Kelsey's of the world. The best, the worst coaching regimes know like that is the best matchup on the field when you have a player like that. So I think they're just going to keep focusing their past game on Kittle. 100%. All
0: right, TJ, if the people found this from the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast feed, tell them all about DFS MVP. They're going to need it this week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. And if if you need those last minute um updates with all of the craziness in week 15, you could check out the GPP last look show on the four for four only discord uh, that is on Sunday morning. Just get signed up for that by signing up for four for four. We do a cash game review every Monday on our YouTube channel. And uh, you could check all those out on the DFS MVP feed.
0: And of course, if you found this via the DFS MVP feed, uh, check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I will be back on Sunday night on that feed with a recap of the games uh, with Liz Loza. It's going to be a weird week, so you'll need that recap to to figure it all out. I, I hope we can help you there. In the meantime, I'm Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check us out on Twitter, the whole group at Yahoo Fantasy. Good luck, people. Good luck out there this week.